Welcome to On The Couch, a weekly video series where we talk to mental health professionals about a range of issues that affect us as men and women here. My name is Tracy Rogers. Today I have with me Akila Riley Richardson. Hello, Akila. Hi. <laughs> Akila is a clinical social worker, and today we're going to be talking about toxic relationships, managing them, understanding them, and healing from them. A lot to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, um, the reality is, is that many of us are in toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we think about where it comes from, it comes from sometimes wounds that we had as children, right? So we are neurobiologically wired, right, for connection. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we don't have our needs met as children in different ways, we can end up either being love avoidant or love addicts, you know, and this really comes from the work of PMLD. Yeah. So before you go f forward, I want to just get clear on two things so that our audience are really clear about what we mean by toxic, what does toxicity look like, and the other thing, when we talk about neurobiologically wired for connection, to break that down, yeah? So when we talk about toxic, I think we talk about relationships that oftentimes bring out the worst in us. Mm -hmm. they're, they're relationships that just fill a negativity. Mm -hmm. And I think the relationships in which you're not acting out of an adult state, you're mm -hmm. acting out of a childish state. So you're acting out of unmet needs as, as a child. The minute you go back there, you know, I'm not right, I'm not present, I'm not here, I'm, I'm not in the here and now, sorry, and this relationship is now has just become toxic. And this relationship is actually now becoming painful. It's hurting me yes. and it's hurting the other person. I think that, that was where I was going to go. Like, mm. I think that's a key thing. This relationship hurts me and I am even hearing myself being hurtful. I don't mm. even know where it's coming from. Like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, did I just say that mm -hmm. to this person that I care about and love? Mm -hmm. And when we talk about being neurobiologically wired, we're talking about the fact that this instrument, mm -hmm. regardless of how you believe it's made and who made it, we know that this body is built for connection. Yep, definitely. We function together. The brain is wired that way. This is what our brain wants. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes when we hear people say, oh, I could do it alone, I don't need anybody, we know, mm, no. Mm -hmm. We are not made like that. Mm -hmm. So regardless of where you're at, this body is going to lead you to want to connect with somebody yeah. else. Yeah. We can't get we can't get away from it. Most yeah. definitely, most definitely. And so, I mean, I just want to talk a little bit about what is a love avoidant person. Yes. A love avoidant person is a person who enters a relationship feeling that they are obligated to care for somebody else, and they don't focus on their own needs being met. They focus on caring on somebody, caring for somebody else. Um, they often need to be a hero in the relationship, a martyr in the relationship. You know, um, the love addict is on the other end. This is the person who really needs to be loved. It's love me, love me, love me, or I'll die. Or please make me feel good enough. And the truth is, is that many of us have elements of, of all course. of those. Yeah, many of us have some degree of those two behaviors in our personalities. But of course, we have persons who are in extreme, on, ex on extreme ends, sorry, and as such, the relationship can become particularly toxic. And so whether you are love avoidant or, or a love addict, we are saying that the beginning of this was rooted in childhood experiences. M most definitely, I want to talk a little bit more about that. So often, a love avoidant person may have been in a relation, may have been in a family structure where they were not allowed and the family generally does not express emotions and love mm -hmm. right and expresses needs so that person will become that kind of adult mm -hmm. or that person may have actually been in severely enmeshed relationships with other family members particularly a parent what does that mean they felt obligated to take care of and care for this parent 
And in mesh relationships have have no boundaries. Right. I don't know where I begin and you end. So there's no my feelings are your feelings, your feelings are my feelings. So you're coming up in that kind of emotional space. Yep, and, and as such you often feel like you have to privilege that person's feelings over yours. Yes. Because that person, I mean somebody once called it covert incest, you mm. know? Because do the parents are actually saying, please me, please me, please me. Yeah? Yes. You know, I mean that'd be sexual. But it could be in several other ways, emotionally, whatever. And so you dismiss what you feel and in order, in order sorry, to serve that particular person. Yes. And you become that type of adult who becomes a hero in your own relationship, feeling that you have to be a martyr for everybody. So to anchor this in where we started, we started talking about being neurobiologically wired for connection. We can't avoid the fact that we want to connect. Right. We learn how to love in our primary relationships. We learn how to love when we're growing up and we see other people loving or not loving. But this is the thing, Tracy. Yeah. When you're love avoidant, the connection is anchored in pleasing another person. Yes, because we've learned that right. that is how you love. And so, uh, and so interestingly, that person actually begins to fear abandonment, which we mm. talk a little bit more um, on in the next video. That that person begins to feel, if I can't please you, if I can't meet your needs, you are going to leave me. Yes, and so yeah. therefore you start operating out of this place of fear. Yep. So we have so much more to unpack in this topic, and we're coming back with another segment to, to, to go into it again. But some of the messages we want to send out really clearly that we can find ourselves on one of these two extremes, mm. either being a love addict or a love, love avoidant. This is rooted in how we learn to love in childhood. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't need to be stuck there. No, we don't. Definitely not. And we could do the work in therapy um, to definitely unlock what's trapping us, you know, and break free. So we are talking about building meaningful relationships with people that we love, learning how to maneuver and walk in them without hurting ourselves or others. So join us again for our next part of this segment when we get into this more and talk about how we can move towards healing and growth. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back to On The Couch. I am here with Akila Riley Richardson. We're talking about toxic relationships. And this is our second segment where we started talking about love avoidant and love addicts. And we talked about the fact that these are two extremes and oftentimes based on how we learned or saw relationships when we were growing up, we tend to fall into one of these two extremes or we have a bit of both. And Akila, during the break, we were talking about the fact that these people tend to attract each other. Most definitely, because they kind of have needs. The other, the love avoidant can, can get their needs met when they love addict, and the love addict can get their needs met when they love avoidant, mm -hmm. you know? And interestingly, though they are very different, they share struggles along the same plane. Meaning that, so for example, the love avoidant person has a strong um, fear of abandonment. And that's because their fear is, please let me meet your needs. Please make me feel that I'm needed. If I'm not needed here, then you're going to leave me. And the love addict also has that fear, right? That person is probably a person who was abandoned as a child um, in different ways. And so they often feel that this person will leave, so they need to depend on that person and hold on to that person very, very tightly. Can we think about like an example of how this can happen in an everyday situation? How this um, might show up? So for example, let's, take a, let's talk about social media, WhatsApp and phone calls, right? right? So. 
the love addict would need to be checked in, would need to get a check-in and a call and if very, you very often. Call me and you don't check in uh, with me. Wh who are you checking in with? Who are you checking in with? But in particular, but in particular, when you don't check in with me, my fear of abandonment is amplified. Yes. Yeah. And, so automatically, I go to the place that you are going to leave me because yeah. you don't care enough to check in. But here's the thing: sometimes the love avoidant who has this need to be needed, interestingly, when that person does not reach out to them. That person may also feel this fear of abandonment. Why don't you feel that you that I am needed in your life? Why don't you feel yes. you could call me for this? So I actually see this um, sometimes in marriages when a wife or a husband would not look to the, their partner for something. The person who is particularly love avoidant may get upset. Why is it that you don't need me? Yeah, I am your one and only. I am here to be your partner and to, to be your protector, or your savior, the person you're supposed to rely on. Yes. And it can happen for both men and women, right? Yes. So. Even there, you could see the strong um, fears of abandonment. Don't leave me. You need me. I need you. I need to be needed. And now it's playing out on social media. Yeah, definitely <laughs> playing out on social media. Yes, and we see that a lot in our practice, mm -hmm. where oftentimes social media becomes the symptom, mm -hmm. not the problem, mm -hmm. but the symptom mm -hmm. uh, and, and the way the problem manifests. And we can get distracted thinking it's about this, but it's really about these fears, these fears of abandonment. Issues. Yeah. In addition, the struggles, one of the other struggles that we see often is vulnerability. Mm. Persons who are love avoidant actually struggle with vulnerability. Yeah. Because their needs are often not met, they often don't know how to say what I need. Right? I need to be loved. I need to be held. I need to be heard. Right? They don't even see relationships as, as sites of getting their needs met. Mm. Whereas the person who is a love addict would be extremely, what we call, and I hate this word to be quite honest, needy. Yeah. But that person would basically, you know, need that person to affirm them all the time, to check in on them. So they are extremely vulnerable, too yes. vulnerable, too open. Whereas the person who is love avoidant is very closed. I like to say that persons who are love avoidant struggle with having too many boundaries and persons who are love addicts, you know, yes. have too little boundaries. Has, have too little. And you know, we've talked about before um, protective and containing boundaries, mm -hmm. right? Protective boundaries protect you from other people and containing boundaries protect other people from mm -hmm. you. When you are a love avoid, when you're a love avoidant, sorry, you'd find that you, another, you, you don't allow yourself to share. Your, your containing boundaries are very, very high and very, very strong. And when you are a love addict, you're containing boundaries, uh, well, absent. Yes. You believe you can say whatever you want. You can ask forever you what, what, whatever you want. You can demand for whatever you want. And so when how this plays out in relationships, often I think about like that whole pursue withdrawal yes. pattern and dynamic comes up one time. Because I'm pursuing you, I need this, I need this. Oh my gosh, you are overwhelming, leave me alone. And that's exactly it. And we've seen, and I know we need to talk about that in another video. We've seen the ways in which love avoidance um, people can begin to feel overwhelmed. You're yeah. smothering me. That's a big word that comes up. You're smothering me. I feel like I have to meet all of your needs. You need too much. You need too much. Whereas the person who is a love addict is saying, you don't meet any of my needs. You don't care about me. Yes. You know, and it, it could, we, we see it all the time 
playing out in this very, very toxic cycle. And what happens is the more that you need me, need me, need me, the more that I pull away, pull away, pull yes. away. You know? And the pulling away can lead in some um, very interesting behavior, which we'll talk about in another yes. video. So, I mean, and, and the, the thing that we're not talking about is vulnerability. Right. Yeah. And then there are all these things about how do I show up? How do you yeah. see me? How do we work through that? I think we could probably talk about one more, one mm -hmm. more issue that comes up and how these different types work with it. Obligations. All right. So persons who are love avoidant feel intensely obligated. They feel like they have a duty to be there for their partner. Whereas the person who is love, a love addict feel, doesn't feel that. In fact, they think that you are obligated to me. Mm. Um, I want to just kind of point out that when I feel these intense obligations, I can begin to resent my partner. Right. So persons who are love avoidant actually begin to resent and get angry with their partners. Stuff like passive aggressiveness we see in relationships. And then what I've also noticed is that love avoidance actually can engage in acting out behavior outside of the marriage, outside right. of the relationship, because the relationship is not a place where they can get their needs met. They feel as if they're bombarded with all of these obligations. So stuff like gambling, infidelity, sexual acting out, um, it's actually Seeking typical. emotional intimacy in other people. In fact, just opening themselves up to emotional intimacy outside of your relationship. And, and, but, but even, but control emotional intimacy. Control emotional because intimacy. Because these people have a deep fear of being smothered. Yes. So getting into a sexual relationship outside of the relation, outside of the marriage that has no um, ties and yes. bonds, so it's a lot safer. It's, very, yes. it's much safer because you know I'm married as well. Right. So I don't need to... The expectation is less. Yes. And it's become it becomes a safe place for me to do this. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes what shows up in our practice, in our office, uh, it, when we see infidelity, it's, it's so many other things going on that we need to unpack. Most definitely. Ah, so, so much more to talk about. Thank you so much for, for bringing this to us, Akila. We're going to be back with one final segment where we kind of close off this topic and talk about some other things that, that cause anxiety and stress and toxicity between persons and relationships. Thank you so much for joining us.